I want to make some kind of impact on people's lives. I want to leave an impact on this world. I want to impact people's lives, right? Yeah, I would say uh, between uh, Columbia and in Florence today, people that are going to watch online later this week, listen to a podcast, probably 98% or so would say, yes, I want to make an impact. The rest of them are going, I'd like to, I just don't know how. I believe everybody has this innate thing inside of us that we really want to make an impact. We really want to make a difference. We really want to do something that changes lives, right? We want to, we want to do whatever it takes. Watch this. But there's two things. I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you three thoughts, but at the beginning, I'm going to give you two ingredients. If you really want to make an impact in this world, that have to be present. There is no ifs, ands, or buts. It has to be present. The number one is the first ingredient that without it, it does nothing. And it's this. You have to involve God. Hear me today. You have to involve God. It doesn't matter how talented you are. It doesn't matter the ability you have. It doesn't matter what God's put in you. If God's not involved, you will not have the impact that you could have with him. You won't. You could be the most gifted communicator. You could be the greatest musician. In fact, on Radiate Worship today, we had a, a gentleman playing the bass today for the first time ever on, uh, with Radiate Worship. Come on! Andy playing the bass, baby. I love it. He's played for a long time. But watch this. That is an opportunity for him to use the abilities God has put in him to make a difference in the world. To make a difference in other people. To lead people into worship. Now, Andy could treat that as a talent. And nothing more. But watch this. A talent is God's gift to you. What you do with it is God, your gift to God. Did anybody hear me today? When God gives you a talent or an ability, it's his gift to you. What you do with that is your gift back to God. So I, I know one of my giftings is leadership and preaching. Those are my two top giftings. I know what I'm called to do. I know what is natural for me. I know what I need to get better at, too. But here's, watch this. I can get up here and preach on stage every week, and I can just go, it's just something I can do. But here's the truth. This is an opportunity for me to worship God. If I don't involve God, I will never impact life. My words can't change your life. I need you to hear me. My words can't change your life. It could be the best message you ever preached. Now, I can get you hyped up. And I know plenty of churches that love to worship hype. I don't know why I'm by myself today. But the truth is, I don't need to get you hype. I want God to get us holy. And it's not my words that change anything, it's his presence. So if I don't involve God, then you're just hearing a sermon. But if I involve God, then the Spirit can do something. Are you with me today? It's the same thing in your life. You have to involve God. The second thing is this, and it's actually a fruit of the Spirit. I'm just wording it differently. You have to commit to a plan. You have to commit to a plan. For instance, today we have a, there's a you have to look and go, this is my end goal. i got to commit to the plan. We have about 40 people out of Radiate Church today, 35 to 40, between adults and teenagers that are in Gatlinburg, Tennessee over this weekend at Winter Renewal. And y'all, there's like, they've got so many, I, that portion of my life is so over, it's not funny. I did youth and kids ministry for 10 years. I had parents asking me as they were loading up Friday morning, are you going? And I'm like, ah! I did that for a long time, I'm good. But here's what I know, two people gave their lives to Jesus from our youth group last night, middle school and high school youth group last night. 
They prayed for forgiveness and decided to submit their life to Jesus at that youth conference. I know Gatlinburg will never be the same because they were running crazy through the town and through the streets. But here's what I know. There's a group of youth leaders that are on that trip that they just want to make an impact. They just want to help teenagers, middle schoolers and high schoolers. And they had to commit that I will go for three days away from home, sleep in a hotel with a bunch of teenagers, making sure that they don't go crazy while they get hyped up on Jesus. Why? Because they wanted to make an impact. Watch this. you got to commit to the goal. you got to commit to the process. Most of us, it's not hard. I've said this a million times in this series. It is not hard to make a goal. It is hard to stick to the process. I saw a commercial this week that I actually bust out laughing every time I see it. I, I love it. And it's this, there's somebody walking up to a front desk and they have a box of stuff and it says, can I return these fitness resolutions? <laughs> For a lot of us, you made a resolution this year. Maybe it was fitness, maybe it was I'm going to read the Bible more and worship more, maybe it was I'm going to eat better, maybe it's I'm going to be a better parent or a better husband or wife, whatever it is, whatever that resolution is, watch this, and about a weekend you're like, this is really hard. And you got to make a choice, don't you? And here's what the Bible calls it, self-control. It's actually a fruit of the Spirit. And here's why we have to have a plan. you got to write down a plan. you got to commit to the plan of whatever the goal is, wherever you want to go. Here's the plan. Because a goal without a plan is a wish. A goal without a plan is a wish. God, I want to draw closer to you. That's a wish until you put a plan to it. God, I want to be more involved in what you want me to do. That's a goal. I mean, that's a wish until you put a plan to it. A goal without a plan is a wish. When we set a goal, we have to develop a plan. You want to read the Bible more this year? Maybe you want to read the Bible in a year. Maybe you just want to get to know the Bible more. Great, we got a series called Bench the Bible coming up. We're going to walk through every book of the Old Testament over the next couple of years, and we're going to learn the Bible more. But if you want to read the Bible more, I want to ask you a question. When are you going to do it? Because if it's not in your plan to go, I'm going to wake up, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to spend this amount of time in the Bible, and da-da-da, here's what's going to happen, life. You know what I'm talking about. Kids are going to go crazy. Work's going to hold you over. Bills are going to stress you out, and it's going to take all that time away from the Bible. And before you know it, you'll get to March, and you'll go, I've spent like three days in the Bible. Oh, well, I might as well not start now. I want to read the Bible more. When are you going to do it? I want to be more generous to what God's doing, this, uh, to the works God's doing in the community. Great. What's your budget look like? Because if you don't budget for it, Starbucks will take it. Y'all know I'm right. And all the husbands said, amen. amen. Yeah, y'all mumbled amen is what you did. That was smart. That was wise. If you don't budget for it, right? If you don't budget for tithing, like tithing's a great principle. I think everybody would go, yeah, I'll give more to that. That's great. That's awesome. Actually, giving in the church is up in 2022 more than it has been in decades. I love it. But if I don't budget for it, it's going to be gone. Capital One gets it. Starbucks gets it. Target gets it. Food Line gets it. Whatever. And all that stuff's necessary and good. Well, Starbucks isn't necessary, but it's good. But if I don't budget for it, it's not going to happen. Are you with me? Goal without a plan is a wish. I want to get more involved this year, Pastor. I want to serve more. Great. When are you going through engage? Oh, whenever I get time. You'll never have enough time. Because something's always going to take that time. Well, I can only serve once a month. That's better than none a month. Are you with me? I want to get more involved this year. Great. Let's get more involved. What does that look like? I'm not telling you what it looks like. It's up to you. When are you going to do it? I, I, I want to develop more relationships in the church this year. 
awesome. We got life group release Sunday, next Sunday. We're going we're to have life groups that come up and you get to cry with one another, pray with one another, and you get to celebrate with one another and you get to have fun and you get to talk about the Bible. Like, it's great. You get to develop more relationships. Pastor, there's just too many people that, that are in and out of three different services at two campuses here, here at Radiate. I can't know everybody. No, you can't know everybody, but you can know some, somebody. Life groups is how you do that. But if you don't plan for it, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get off work. You're going to be tired. I still got to cook dinner. I still got to do this. I still got. If you don't have a plan, the goal is a wish. Are you following me today? I want to read. One of my goals is this. I want to read 12 new books this year. That's just a book a month. That's really not that lofty of a goal. But in order to do that, I got to break it down and go, okay, each week I need to read this amount of, this amount of chapters. And each day I need to take this amount of time. So on my calendar, every day, there's 30 minutes of reading time every single day scheduled out that I don't plan over unless I have to. And then I move it. Watch. Why? Because I want to accomplish a goal. And if I don't have a plan, the goal is a wish. And what we're really talking about here, listen, what we're really talking about is self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. And here's what I want to tell you about self-control. This is about any fruit of the Spirit, but today self-control is this. Where I am not allowing self-control to have fruit, then that is an indication that I am not allowing the Spirit of God to root itself in my life there. Self-control, love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, gentleness, all that stuff. Where those are not present, if I'm following God, watch this, I have not allowed the Holy Spirit to take root in my life. Because where he takes root, he always produces fruit. I say it like this. Following Jesus should look like something. I shouldn't look and act the same as I always did before I came to Christ. I should think different, pray different, worship different. I should have different fruits in my life. I should probably live my life a little bit different, parent different, be a different spouse, be a different friend, be a different leader, be a different pastor. As my relationship with Christ grows, it should look like something. Something should be changing. Why? Because the Spirit is taking root, and now there's a new fruit that's coming out of my life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I'm going to move through this fairly quickly today because we got one more. I want to worship together one more time. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, you got the Apostle Paul. And the Apostle Paul is who we really looked at in this entire series, Walk It Out, as we've talked about walking out our purpose and our faith. And the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church in Corinth about three years after he started the church. And so this is a letter back to the church in Corinth. In verses 24 through 27, he really gives us something to think about here as he's writing to them. He says that we're going to go to the backstory and really break it down, but I want you to hear it. He says, do you not know that those who run, run a, a, who run in a race, all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may lose. No, run in such a way that you may just make it. No, he says, run so that you may what? Why? That means you're running with everything you have every step of the race. You don't go, oh. I just want to make it today, so I'm going to, all right, I'm just going to, that's what I would do, right? He says, run so that you may win. Let me just say it this way. If you run and you're not trying to win, all you need to pray. All you that run for no reason, you're not even biblical. Some of you will catch that joke on the way home. You'll be driving and all of a sudden start laughing. Like, oh, I get it now. Put up an imaginary person and race them so that you're biblical when you're running, okay? I'm just kidding with you. 
Verse 25, everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. There's a reason he wrote that. I'll, write it. I'll say it in a minute. Then do it to, the, to receive a perishable wreath. But we an imperishable. In other words, he's saying, you are running to get a trophy. But we, who is we? Followers of Christ. The church, the body of Christ. He's saying we, we don't get a wreath. We get eternal life. It doesn't, it doesn't perish. It doesn't go away. And he says, therefore, since I'm running, running for an imperishable life, an eternal life with God, I run in such a way as not without aim. In other words, I'm not running just to run. There you go again, all you runners that just run. And you get this, you just go out there. Y'all need Jesus. Anyway, I run, I'm just kidding. I run in such a way as not without aim. I box in such a way as not beating the air. But I discipline my body and I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. And what bold statements Paul is making to the church. Now here's, here's the symbolism of it all. He's making really an illustration here. Here's what he's saying. There's two games in that era, in that time when he's writing. It's called the Isthmian Games and the Olympia Games, or like the Olympics, if you want to put it that way. And here's what he's talking about. They would, people would come, just like they do the Olympics, from all over to run a race. But they weren't coming to run a race just to say they ran a race, right? They were coming to run a race to win the race. And so as they were going into this, I'm just going to tell you how, what, what they did. They would sign an agreement. And here was the agreement. That for 10 months, they would not drink wine, they would not eat meat, and they would not have sex. For 10 months. All they would do is they'd wake up, they would work out, they would run, they'd do push-ups, and then they'd go to sleep. And the next day, they'd wake up, they would work out, and they would run, and they would do push-ups, and they'd go to sleep. Guess what they did the next morning? They'd wake up, they'd work out, what's next? They'd run, they'd do push-ups, and they'd go to sleep. I really don't know their workout routine, but I'm imagining that's probably what it was. And they would do the same thing every day, and for 10 months, they didn't eat meat, they didn't drink wine, they didn't have sex, they didn't do any of those things. Why? Because they weren't committing to participating. They were committing to run. They wanted no distractions. They wanted nothing that would weigh their body down from accomplishing what they were setting out to do. They wanted nothing that would get them to that thing. And here's what I want you to know today. I want you to know that no matter where you are, who you are, what you've done in your life, there is a purpose and there is an ability and there is something powerful on the inside of you that the Holy Spirit is waiting to awaken so that he can partner with you to make a difference for the kingdom of God in your family, at your workplace, with your friends, with your church, with your community. He wants to partner with you to make a difference. The sacrifice of Jesus isn't just about getting you to heaven. It's about getting heaven to earth. It's about getting Jesus to others. It's about getting you there. But it's about getting heaven and the kingdom on earth. And God's got a purpose and a talent inside of you that helps do that. God's got something that he's wanting you to do. There's something that you need to lean into. He, we have got to learn to walk it out. Walk it out. Day after day. Moment after moment, second after second. Because here's what I know, and we're going to go into three thoughts. If you don't live on purpose, you will live by accident. If you don't live on purpose, 
You will accident if you don't purposely live to get out of debt, you will accidentally fill that credit card up. If you don't purposely live to be pure in your marriage, you will accidentally be a part of things that you never should be a part of that will tear your marriage apart. If you don't purposely live to be a part of the kingdom of God, you will accidentally do things that will disqualify you. It happens all the time. You have to live on purpose. Well, this is just a self-help talk. No, it's not. It's called a fruit of the Spirit. It's called self-control. It's called self-discipline. Number one, here's what we, some things we got to know because there is a way. We can walk out what God has for our life. We can walk out purpose and passion. Number one is this, the goal determines the process. The goal determines the process. In my life, if I'm transparent, pastoring this church is one of the greatest joys of my life. Outside of being a husband and a father, that comes one and two, is pastoring this church. And the truth of the matter is, is that we had an amazing year in 2022 and all these things. And Radiate, I, I'm so thankful for the opportunity that we get to make a difference in our local community and our community overseas and within the United States that we partner with other ministries. Like, it's an amazing thing that we get to do when I'm driving by a town hall and I see our signs and flags up as we're giving out free meals to families that need them. I love that stuff. That is making a difference in the community, right? But how many of you know, like you probably don't know this, but transparency, I wake up all the time thinking there's more I gotta do. I gotta learn more, I gotta do more, I gotta reach more, there's more people to reach, there's more people with gifts that need to impact the kingdom and there's all these things and so I, I, I get in these coaching groups and I read books and I do all this stuff to get better but it's not about me getting more popular, watch this, it's about increasing the glory of God. Why am I like that? Because the goal is not where we are. Because I know that in order to get to the end result of what I feel God's given me a vision for, i got to get better. There's more training that has to be done. There's more things I've got to fast and pray for. There's more things that i got to work out my spirit for. Are you with me? Part of the problem for most of us is we don't get to that next spiritual level, not because God's punishing us and God's mad at us, but because we won't cut out things so that we can train for it. The end result... The goal determines the process. In fact, you may be going, I don't know what my goal is. I don't know what God's asking me to do to make a difference in this world. When there's one that I can tell you about right now that we all have, and it's in Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, and it says it like this. It says, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift, hear me, you can't earn it, you can't pay for it. There's nothing you can do other than accept it. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, not in you, not in social media, not in popularity, not in bottles, not in pills, not in any of the addictions, not in any of the things the world would tell you. It's not in, in, in any kind of lifestyle. It's not in any kind of gender understanding. It is only in Christ Jesus. He is the only one that gave his life to give you life because he believes in you that stinking much. It's a free gift. And he said that is your, that is your goal. Your goal is eternal life with God our Father. Your eternal goal, your goal is an eternal relationship with a God that loves you no matter where you are or who you are. That is your goal. And if, that, if that's our goal, can I tell you something? We, we should probably run that way. We should probably pray that way and worship that way and love that way. In fact, in John chapter 14 and verse 15, there's, a, there's one quick verse that Paul is reteaching as he says this, and it's Jesus. And Jesus says this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. That can be read a couple of ways. One, it is, if you love me, you'll, keep, you'll do what I say. How dare you? 
If you love me, you'll do what I say. And the other way is, if you love me, it won't be that hard to do what I've asked. One is fear. If you love me, you'll do what I asked you to do. The other is love. If you really love me, your life will be in response to that. And it'll look like obeying what I've asked. The goal is never perfection, but it is always faithfulness and obedience. Number one, the goal determines the process. Our life ought to look like something. Number two, discipline creates fruit. Discipline creates fruit. Discipline is a fruit of the Spirit. In verses 26 through 27a of 1 Corinthians chapter 9, it says it like this. Therefore, I run in such a way as not without aim. A box in such a way is not beating the air, but I discipline my body and I make it my slave. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. We have to learn to say no to things. I want to give you something. I'm going kind of to point three, but I'll land on that one in a minute. But every yes you give is a no to something else. And every no you give is a yes to something else. Why does he say, I run but not without aim? Because if you run but there's no end result to run to, you're just running wherever you feel like going. That's why we create our own theology and handpick and cherry pick scriptures to back it up. Because we have no goal. That's why society will tell us this is what God says. God says this is okay. And the Bible clearly, if you read the context around it and you know what the Bible's all about, it doesn't. Because we're running wherever we feel like running. Wherever makes us feel good. We do it all day, every day. I need a dopamine hit. Let me run to social media. Why are y'all getting quiet? Y'all were doing so good on point one. I, I, need, I need this. I, so we run here. I need some, some retail therapy. So I take that capital one out. You know what I'm saying? Come on. And the truth is, is if we don't have an end result, then we live by accident, which means I go where I feel like going, and I can create my own theology, and I can create my own God, and I like that God better than the God, because that God lets me be whoever I am and think whatever I want and be whatever I want to be, but that's not the goal. The goal is not to morph God into our image, but to morph us into his. That's the goal. And when I understand the goal, then now I understand that the discipline that goes behind that goal creates a fruit that allows me to look a little bit more like God, that allows me to love a little bit more like Jesus, that allows me to worship at a higher level and pray at a higher level. And, and as we talked about last week, pick up that shield of faith again and believe again and go, yes, the world has knocked me down, but the shield of faith is the thing that extinguishes the arrows of the enemy and I can get through this thing. I can believe again. I can do this again because I got God by my side. And there's discipline that creates fruit. Without discipline, we run to anything and everything. Let me give you this thought, and then we'll go to three, and we're going to worship together. This thought. Godly disciplines creates a peace and a pace for your life. Godly disciplines. Godly disciplines create peace and pace. What do you mean? How? Because I already know where my faith stands. I already know I'm going to spend time with my Father. I already know I've spent time worshiping today. I already know that He's got me covered. I got peace. Because what comes at me doesn't have to knock me down because I've already got the power of God within me. I got the Spirit of God holding me up. 
I got the sacrifice of Jesus giving me approval and, and giving me uh, value, not the opinions of others. Are you following me? And it creates pace because, watch this, when I come home at night and I'm tired and my kids are going crazy and I got to get them down and I still got to cook and I got to do Watch this. My pace is I'm gonna, they're going to bed at this time. I'm going to unwind. I'm going to spend time with God. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I already know my pace. God doesn't get cut out. I can say no to something else, which leads me to point number three. Saying yes is also saying no. Watch this. I think it's very interesting that Paul says it like this in the second part of 27. So that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. How many of you have ever talked to people? Let's be honest for a second. Maybe you were in this boat. Maybe you are in this boat. And you've talked to people and go, you know what? I don't really have a problem with God. I have a problem with his people. I have a problem with Christians. Because I hear them talk about how good God is, and then I see how they live every other day of the week. I see them welcome somebody at church on Sunday and then talk about them on Facebook. I see this and I see that, and it's two completely different lifestyles. It's hypocritic. Can I tell you? The conundrum of Christian faith is we're all hypocrites. It's only by the grace of God that we can ever get out of a hypocritic status and get to a place where he saved us and we can live better than we were. If you're looking for a perfect pastor, you came to the wrong place. I'm not him. In fact, I'll never be him. My name's not Jesus and my label isn't Christ. I'm Brandon. I'm imperfect. I've got it wrong. I don't have it right all the time. I'm going to do something that's going to make you mad. I'm going to do something that you're going to go, what is he talking about? That's probably about twice a week. I'm okay with that. Because I'm not trying to be Jesus. I'm trying to love him with everything I got, though. God forbid, I don't want us to get to a place to where we go, I didn't live disciplined, so I disqualified myself from the end result. Because you know what would have happened to those guys running that race? If they'd have ate meat, drank wine or had sex in those 10 months they couldn't run so they had no chance to get to the end result now here's the beauty through the grace and the love of Jesus we still have that chance but because of a plan and the end result God goes I want to be with you here's what I want to ask you two things I'm going to pray we're going to worship one one of the greatest ways I can think of in my life that I found to find my purpose and walk it out is this, is getting in relationship with other people. And starting next week, we have Life Group Release Sunday. I just really want to encourage you, if you've never been a part of a Life Group, give it a shot. Because you'll develop relationships with people that will change your life. I mean, they'll pray with you and they'll celebrate with you. They'll cry with you and they'll jump up and down and shout with you. I, I love Life Groups because it gives us a connection of people that go, there's something in you and I want to help you get there. That's next Sunday. But for some of us, our first step is we gotta give our lives to Jesus. We've never really done that. So here's what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna pray. And if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, I want you to just pray that prayer of forgiveness right in your seat, right where you are. And then at the end of that prayer, I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna say, hey, if you pray that prayer and you gave your life to Jesus, would you hold your hand up? I'm not gonna call you out or up, but here's what I am gonna do. We're gonna have a team that's gonna slip a clipboard in your hand. And here's why. Because we believe that we don't do life together alone. We do life together here at Ready 8. And we want to walk it out. We want to pray with you, answer questions, give you devotions and a Bible, and talk with you through the process as you learn what God has for you. 
Let's pray together, and then we're going to sing a song that is all about, God, I am the canvas and the clay. Would you make me and mold me into what you want me to be? Let's pray together. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus today, just pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I know that this prayer doesn't save me. But I believe that Jesus died on the cross to forgive every sin that I have or ever will commit so that I can have eternal relationship with God our Father. And I want that. I want my life to resemble that. So I ask that you forgive my past, you forgive my present, and you redeem my future as I live for you every day from this point forward. Thank you for giving your life, Jesus, that I could have life. Now, if you raised your, or if you prayed that prayer and you gave your life to Jesus today, can I ask you to just raise your hand right where you're at and just say, I gave my life to Jesus and I want to walk this thing out because we want to walk it out with you. Just feel the clipboard slip in your hand. Just fill that out. Take it by the Connect Center and we're going to give you those resources today. Now, if you would, everybody across the room, would you stand to your feet with me? as we end in worship and give all the glory back to God for who he is. Father, we love you and we honor you. And I pray that we would want to make a difference, but we'd come up with a plan from you and we'd walk it out. We love you. We honor you. And God, we're going to lift our hands and our voices right now to glorify your name.